Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In this pop culture-saturated world, what's a nerd to do? Hang out with your good pals on Nerdy Show, that's what. Our flagship podcast is a weekly celebration of the multifaceted D20 that is the modern nerd. When we're not devising horrors that combine VR and spiders or taste-testing weird food, we're discussing the latest geek happenings, digging into our deepest nerd niches, or interviewing a celebrity or two. Head to nerdyshow.com or find us on iTunes and experience a multiverse of awesomeness. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. to flame on i'm brian i've got oral and pat here with me hi everybody so as you probably know we like to do occasional well, every other episode is sort of a deep dive on a topic and it is long since past time that we did a little bit of a discussion on comic books that is how this show started with my nerdy friends at a comic shop the show originally was prominently featuring the comic book art form amongst all the other pop culture things we covered but we kind of got away from that because we're busy and comic books come and go but we are here today to talk about our favorite comics uh starting with the independent and i hate you know this is kind of a whatever term but the non-big two comic publishers so we're looking at image boom dynamite dark horse uh other publishers i don't know there's, there's probably a few others dark child Tony Braxton. <laughs> so, Oral, you have a pick that mm. I have only heard of. I have not read, but uh, you you recommended as your one of your favorite new books. Yeah, it's called Ice Cream Man. It's from Image. It's from um, the creative team of Prince and Marazzo. I think I'm saying that way, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, sure. I butchered that. Marazzo. But it's this um, anthology series, this dark horror anthology series about an ice cream man who can change your life lickety split because everyone has a Sunday of sorrow. And it's like very creepy and like morbid. It's uh, got this like sort of a cult bent to it where you, 
you have these disparate stories from issue to issue, but the thing that binds them together is the ice cream man who can, you know, change your life forever. And it could be in a good way, but it's usually in a terrible way. It's It wasn't the strongest first issue. Um, I really want to see how this world works because I get the premise. The premise was really heavily explained in the synopsis, but it I don't see how it all kind of works together. But I think that's part of the mystery aspect. But I, I think it was cool and uh, it's gone in the second print. So I'm really looking forward to the to the next issue because as a fan of like dark anthologies usually i spend like um sci-fi instead of just like traditional horror um case in point like altered carbon is coming which is in an anthology series but um or like black mirror it's if you like stuff like that that just depresses you pick it up all right i always like stuff that depresses me that, um, that's my favorite genre of television. To I be was going to say, actually, that, that is. Cool. Oh, not really. No, not necessarily television. Music. Oh, that's yeah. music for sure. for sure. So my one of my picks for indie books is Image, uh, and this is not a new book, but they have just come back from a little bit of a break. Which a they, little they do a lot of these. <laughs> uh, that is Sex Criminals by Chip Zdarsky and Matt Fraction. Uh, this book is such a delight because it is so irreverent. It's completely inappropriate for minors or people who are not as mature in the sexual uh, world if you will but so the, most uh, republicans well yeah i said most don't I don't know. start throwing uh molotov cocktails at i me. think they might uh so this book uh what's very interesting about this issue is the two main characters in it john and Susie, uh both of who have uh which have powers that when they come time stops and so they enter this thing called Come World, I believe. Is that the, mm. the thing? Although that now takes its own weird uh, twist in this. But they've broken up and they are now six months later trying to figure out, you know, their own lives and what their relationships are like. And John's got, I think, some kind of weird, like, I don't know if this is, this is like open relationship or a lesbian roommate. It's unclear. But uh, then there's also uh, Susie, who is now with somebody else who I think she's entirely unhappy with or something but yeah long story short it's a great comment about relationships and sort of the crazy uh ups and downs and crazy sexual interactions that people have uh this issue is very much back to like the world building of the story of the main characters but uh they touch on all the other side characters that play a big role and again if you're interested it's only issue 21 there have not been that many out there oh There's my god been a lot of breaks i know it's been going for a while um, like five years they're hey they're on their own schedule man has they're it been that thing. long it, it's been a little i want to say a little under five i remember years. going wow. to the brimp up with aaron no cap at um heroes con a couple years ago mm-hmm. and that was like issue 15 or something so yeah, yeah. it's wow. been it's yeah, been crazy. it's been a minute i yes. remember i remember when that came out i don't i don't feel like it's been that it's long it's like but... loving rockets you're just <laughs> like oh. Oh, Which just recently came back. It did, you know. Yeah. Love and Rockets 25. Mm-hmm. So, another book I want to mention, and this is one that I was uh, a Kickstarter backer of. Uh, this is Die Kitty Die, Hollywood or Bust by our friend Dan Parrott and Fernando Ruiz. Hi, now, Dan. Hi, Dan. If you, uh, if you have ever encountered either of them in the comic world, it's probably through Archie. Uh, that's where they're known for most of their work. Uh, but they have certainly branched out. Uh, over the years, and this comic, which is the second four-issue trade uh, that they've kickstarted, um, is about this character Kitty, 
uh, Ravenclaw, I think. Kitty Ravenclaw? Kitty Ravencraft. Uh, she is kind of like Sabrina-ish, um, but she is sort of meta in that she is a, a person, an actor who has a comic book about her, but her comic book is, you know, coming and going out of print, and so now they're trying to make a movie. And what I love about this book, without getting too much into the plot, because the plot's kind of all over the place and crazy, is all the in-jokes. Like, these two comic creators, not only are they fabulously talented, but they are bitterly funny about the comics industry and various tropes and various in-jokes, various things about the way comics are made, the way movies are made. It's it's pretty awesome. And they draw on a wealth of uh, characters in other book uh, publishers uh, that they can sort of parody and satire and make fun of so if you don't have this in your local comic store you can get it through their website but you can also ask your local comic store to get it mm-hmm. uh they are available i believe i have seen uh, the issues come out at a comic shop in the past uh and i was very I thrilled asked it, and oral told me no but that's no not bitch true. i will not put that book but in my store that's no, not I'm true just kidding. i'm kidding um, but it is beautiful and they did such a good job and they have so many great little pinups there is a sexy uh boy pinup in here with a bunch of guys uh, by Jay Bone, uh, Dan's collaborator on the Kevin Keller book uh, oh, recently. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So That's some, awesome. some really good stuff in here. I'm really happy that they continue to make this. I'm glad to see that because it, it's always such a risk when you try to kickstart a project and then to be able to continue it and, and have it carry on. And it's it's great because they're, they're both really cool guys. And, and it's great to see good people be able to continue to do things that they enjoy and share it with the world. Uh, one more indie book that I want to mention that I, uh, I've i actually gotten to know these creators a little bit uh, over the last couple cons I went to. Uh, Fuck Off Squad and Teenage Switchblade, which is a Fuck Off Squad story uh, by uh, Dave Baker and Kim Go. Uh, I really, really – I'm sorry, Kim. I don't know why I do that. Nicole. I'm sorry, Nicole. I always want to call you Kim, and I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I bet she doesn't either. I know, I, right? Because her name isn't Kim. What's his name? Nicole. Joey. Nicole. Yes, sorry. Jo- jo- oh, Joey. How's he doing? Anyway. Joseph's doing really well. Um, so, yeah, this book is uh, very, very indie. I mean, you can get it from their website. Uh, you can, if you look up Dave Baker or just look up Fuck Off Squad, you'll find it. Uh, they have these at their cons a lot. It's kind of like if you took a little indie black and white comic and you added some uh, articles, kind of like a zine, kind of like the old zine format. Mm-hmm. But what th- these characters are doing, you said Love and Rockets earlier. This, to me, feels like a very young Love and Rockets. Okay. It's got this interesting kind of skater vibe, ostensibly. Lots of stuff about malls and kids hanging out and doing kid stuff, playing in bands, whatnot. But it also gets into relationships and the ups and downs of this and that. And it's it's... Very multi, uh, very diverse cast of people. There's a couple lesbians in here, African American, black kid, white kid. I mean, it's a great comic for I think uh, people complain about diversity in comics. Marvel's doing a better job. DC's been doing a pretty good job. The indie books have always done, I think, the best job to capture that real world and just having people. And this feels very authentic in that way. Um, so, yeah, you got to look it up. Uh, some great reviews. Uh, our friend Cena Grace actually gave it a really nice review. Uh, so, yeah, that's Dave Baker, Nicole Go, uh, spelled G-O-U-X, and it is Fuck Off Squad. So if you don't have them in your stores, you may have to go look for them, but they are making new stuff and it's going to be coming out 
And um, don't ask for Kim Go. Don't ask no. for Kim Go. That sounds like an action hero, like a little uh, kids action. Kim Possible. Kind or of my first boyfriend. <laughs> oh. No, I never dated a Kim Go, but okay. I totally would. So there are lots of other indie books that we could have talked about. And obviously there's a lot of stuff stuff we're reading. But if you have an indie book you really like and you want to recommend to us because those are a little harder to find, go on flameonshow.com, find our social media links, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Drop us a line, send us an email, put a comment on this post. Just tell us, hey, you got to check this out because honestly – most of the time when we find new books, I mean, Oral gets a lot through the solicitations and seeing them at the store. Mm. But those of us who kind of just show up on Wednesdays, it's nice to get little, you know, hat tips and heads up about the books we should we should try. That's what your brick and mortar store clerk is for. That is exactly what And, you know, you guys always – A Comic Shop has always done the best job, I think, of a lot of stores and promoting books that are really interesting and knowing their their readers tastes that's, Thank that's you. a very important thing all right and now so, it's time for the tom king power hour that's right <laughs> we're gonna move on to dc now dc has been doing a lot of good stuff uh we'll start with well tom king so mr miracle is a is a new god from the kirby new gods universe not to be confused with the old gods that's right they have their time has passed mm-hmm. uh, what about the new varish gods <laughs> no 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 that's, no, that's no, no no it's, it's all about the lord of light right now the, the, the bourgeoisie gods <laughs> so the banji gods uh, or is that just that's, on that's, i actually kind of like that idea you should do something like that so banji goddesses which we'll, have all rupaul we'll have like Adore delano <laughs> so Mr. Miracle is one of my favorite characters, and I know we've talked about this on the show previously, but since Oral's here, I'm very excited to hear what you are thinking about the book by Tom King and Mitch Jarrods. Uh, I think we just brought six. six, six what, yeah. I, which I realize I haven't watched, but I've, oh. had, I've read, but I've got spoiled for me okay. by accident. I was going to say, it's a pretty big things at the yeah. end there. This book is so slice of life bizarre, and it takes... All of these like really fantastic elements, the the elements that as a kid growing up, you really like about the new gods because they're weird and, you know, they have these superpowers and they live in this, you know, shining, floating city. But it makes it so mundane and that that sort of flattening out of the fantastic makes everything pop. And it's so smart. And it's, you know, to see him and Barda, like actually the moments in between the banter is really what what drives that book. It's the the amazing panel work. Mm-hmm. Um the repetition of a lot of panels, the use of the whole dark side is that just intercuts. So he does nine panel grid. And so in some panels, pages, you'll just see all these repeated uh similar shots that show some progression. But then or you'll have, distortion. Or distortion. Yeah, actually that's a very good point. Uh, they'll like take a just a, the same shot and then like blur it a little bit or dr- drip the lines a little bit, like just distort it because you know something is off with Mister Miracle. And mm-hmm. all through these six issues, it starts with him trying to kill himself and being saved. But all throughout this, bad shit is happening in the New Gods world. It's 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 affecting uh, Barda and and Scott. Um, but yet their relationship and their lives is it, it it's counterintuitive that you would tell the story in between the stories, you know, but it's working so well. Yeah. Like the last one, again, which you've kind of had spoiled. And I'm not going to spoil too much, but like the revelations about what's going on with them mm-hmm. and then what's going on with the new gods are beautifully intercut. So yeah. honestly, it's probably one of the best books DC is doing right now. You don't have to know a whole lot about new gods. It doesn't hurt. 
But honestly, if you just read it as a slice of life, you know, you know, just relationship book, whatever, like it works for that. And again, there's some something else going on. We don't know what what it is yet. Mm-hmm. Um, staying on the Tom King fan train, of course, is his Batman work. Uh, he has been the writer for Batman now, I think, for the last what two uh, like, year? It's year only sh- been a year, I think. It's double shift. So um, it's, it's, it's a year and change. Though. Is it a year and change? Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, Batman is, and his run started a little uneven to me. He had those superheroes like Gotham Kid and or Gotham, Gotham and Gotham Girl. That one, th- that that little run was okay. I didn't love it, but ever since he started doing the stuff with Catwoman, Pat, yes. Oh, oh God! Like the Catwoman uh, stuff is really what made people pay attention to him. Um, but I mean, it's he, a pretty big status quo potential. Yeah, change. but he's been he's been building this sort of let's look at Bruce Wayne. Like it's because this Batman run isn't really about Batman per se. It's about you know this human being who's flawed in a lot of ways, who's successful because he surrounds himself. With these, you know, these gadgets and these people and he relies on his like his intellect, but he's still he's still flawed. And and to see him overcome these obstacles is really what I find the most interesting. Um, but like the work with the work that he's doing, driving home the point of who Bruce Wayne really is, not even behind the like underneath the the cape and the cowl because it's such a integral part of him it it's like it you know he calls her a cat he you know she calls him bat like you you see him interact with the the extended bat family sometimes it's quirky and it's weird they go on double dates well that's what the one i wanted to talk about yeah. so there's two standouts recently there's a two issue series of batman and superman Basically going on double dates with their significant others slash fiancés slash wives. Um, and uh, it is beautifully drawn by uh, Clay Mann, uh, who's normally not my favorite artist. But honestly, this stuff is just beautiful. And it's fun and funny. Yeah. But it's all about their relationship, who who they are to each other. Because you don't often hear Batman talking about Superman or Superman talking about Batman in a way that's conveying how they really feel about each other and to each other. And it does it. It just captures their relationship very well. Mm -hmm. The other one is the annual that came out, annual number two for Batman. And what I love about this is it actually lets you – it tells the story that they're doing now to its possible end, basically going through some of their early dates, but also going through – or their Their first date. But going through their lives together and sort of to the – final point in 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 one of their lives and how that how their lives have changed because of each other Uh, again it's a possible thing i'm obviously going to commit to this ending it's not that but it is a nice uh and beautifully drawn by lee weeks who Mm -hmm. you just don't see enough in comics so it's a it's a gorgeous one shot anybody can pick it up anybody can pick it up it's probably the the best issue of batman i've ever read yeah, it's real strong. Because, you know, it's self it's it's this it's this pocket dimension where everything is there and you see these people interact, you know, over the course of a lifetime and it's just so smart because it encapsulates everything about them. Yeah. 
Now, another book, and this is not Tom King, but uh, also very exciting for us. Uh, well, then I don't want to talk about it. I thought I was promised the Tom King Power Hour. Oh, oh there's no more? All right. It's a quick <laughs> Next <hour>. one. <laughs> Snagglepuss Chronicles. Finally, at long last, Mark Russell's follow-up to the Flintstones book, which was amazing and which we raved about again and again and again. We have um, been waiting for you, Oral, mm-hmm. because if there was one person on this panel that needed to talk about... The gay-ass Snagglepuss. I... It was you. Mike Feehan, penciler, by the way. I have been waiting for this book because in the interim, we've got... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Jetsons, which is kind of like Black Mirror. And it's not, it's it's good. It's not great. And I I couldn't quite articulate what the difference is and what it is is that while the jetsons is is doing something similar to what the flintstones did and what snagglepuss is doing which is like seeing how people interact with each other there's a sharpness to russell's work absolutely there's and and he's a satirist yeah and it's and when you do something that can be cutting that you know you the entire premise of this issue is seeing Snagglepuss leading this like life of not leisure because he's actually like creating art and you know a playwright, successful playwright in the world. Mm-hmm. He's interacting with these people. He's you know showing real, who he real is. Real people, real yeah. writers. He has dinner with uh, uh, what's her name, Harper Harper Lee. Yeah, well, at the you know Algonquin table, which is phenomenal. Like if seeing him do this and then pulling back and showing his. Like, who he truly is is this, you know, this closeted, barely closeted homosexual with this relationship and how, like, it's problematic because, you know, everything's great for him. Um, But he's like, you know, his his boyfriend is like, I am a part, I was a part of a country that went south for me really quickly. And if you aren't careful, if you don't keep your eyes open, if you don't say something, the same thing will happen. And it's happening because of the red scare and the pink scare. And it's just, it, it, it gives me so much about society today. Yes. In this guise of the, the 1950s. It is everything I love about old Hollywood. It's everything I love about old Broadway because that what we project and, and record on celluloid is a lie. And you, you see the, the behind the scenes working of this sort of stuff and what it means to be a creative person. And what do you do when that starts to fail you? And not just fail you, but also 
the wor- the society around you changes to make you the outlaw outlier the, mm-hmm. out- the outsider it's uh dorothy parker not harper lee okay. um but anyway so yeah it 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 is uh very time sensitive as far as culture i'm sure mark russell is doing a little bit of a reaction to sort of the current climate but channeling this very real historical period and putting these very unreal characters in their midst mm-hmm. uh, uh if you're a fan of the dc's or the hanna-barbera stuff uh, you also get Huckleberry Hound, who shows up, who is this Will like, Faulkner. yeah, basically. And uh, the stuff you were talking about with Cuba uh, really is is resonant because, mm-hmm. you know, I, the, Before Night Falls, I think that's I, the movie about, so. uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name, but the poet from Cuba who was persecuted for being gay, all this stuff. Like it's and then the only other thing I'll point out about it, I'm looking at this page right now. You do have this weird a relationship with this guy and this girl. The and framing the, device. The, the framing. And the guy is like reacting to all the wrong or the more kind of garish and outlandish and just things and missing the point. It's it's the it's so banal. Yes. And then it's so subversive. It's the sub uh 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 I just I get chills when I read books like this. Like because I read a lot. Form. Yeah, it's I totally read so different. much, and sometimes even good and great things kind of wash over me. But that is a book that excites me, and yes. I'm I'm so I, happy to be. My only it. critique is the art is a little uneven. I kind of wish they had gotten somebody else, <coughs> but I don't know if this guy or this I don't know who they are. I don't know their work. Maybe it'll evolve and be a little stronger. But overall, it's still a great book. Mm. So. DC has been also doing some big event books. Uh, there's two big things going on right now we're going to talk about. One I'm a little more excited about than the other, but both have actually been really fun so far. Uh, let's start with the one that was sort of getting the most uh, uh, publicity. Well, yeah, publicity. Uh, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. This is the a long-awaited, long-teased sort of confrontation, if you will, between the Watchmen universe and the DC universe possibly explaining why the dc universe has been so fucked up and messed up with the new 52 which is a, interesting I, I still love the metafictional component of that mm-hmm. but oh some fans are maybe a little bit uh upset that they're taking alan moore's precious watchman book and uh, and and dave uh Gib- gibbons Mm. Uh, you know, taking their 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 masterpiece, Watchmen, and and maybe um, dragging it down to the earth and making it DC. But I will say, and I've only read the first two of the three issues that are out. I think they're doing a great job. It they is are very much a loving sequel to the Watchmen. It is not just taking those toys out of that universe and mashing them together with DC. It is not that. It's a sequel to the Watchmen. It is updating it into the modern era. It is. The art, Gary Frank, is not doing the same style, but adapting that nine-panel grid and doing some mm. kind of good storytelling choices that remind <laughs> me of what they did in Watchmen. Uh, they're finally starting to interact more with the DC characters. Uh, that confrontation, of course, that we know is coming will be Dr. Manhattan and Superman. But uh, thus far, I mean, they, they've, they've, they've enriched, I think, the Watchmen universe. But also, like we were talking about with Russell and uh, Snagglepuss, they're very much reacting to the news of the day. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely sort of a piece in the time we're in with Trump, fake news, uh, other things. But again, organic to what that came before. So yeah. I don't know. I've been really enjoying it. And it's meticulous. Like, yeah. it's it's very well done. You you won't go wrong. Just be there for the ride and take it for what it is. Speaking of a roller coaster ride, Dark Knight's Metal oh is delayed. And it has started so- to derail 
all the other issues that were supposed to come after it. Uh-huh. I don't even know when New Challengers is coming. Like, I like Metal. The next issue of Metal comes out Wednesday. But it was supposed to be done by Valentine's Day. And now it's wow. not going to be done until March. They're like at the midpoint, right? Yeah. So, like, w- big things have happened. The Wild Hunt is coming where we get to see Barbados. Um, Barbados. Yeah. Uh, it's it's still a really fun event. It's just it when you fall behind, no matter how great your event is, you lose steam. Yeah. I, I've been – so I was going through all my books to figure out what we were talking about today. And I had my whole stack of metal books. And I'm sitting there like, oh, wow, the last one came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. And it's still good. It's still very Grant Morrison, Final Crisis, Crisis on all the other Infinite Earths, Crisis, the, all the crises. Um, but mixed with this zany, crazy, like the world can't get, the universe can't get any worse than it already is. But yet it also ties in all these different DC tropes and DC characters that we haven't seen together in this shared universe in a while. Yeah. So it's it's a good series. I'm just, I'm sad that they're uh, delayed, but this is what happens. Mm. You know, it always is the case. And then supposedly in May, we get all the, the current Justice League books go away. Yeah. And we're going to get this new, like, three teams of Justice League. Crisis. Yeah. It, we're getting an, a new crisis. Another crisis? We're getting a crisis. <laughs> Lordy. So many crises. All right. So Uh, so that's DC. So before we hit into uh, just our our couple of notes on Marvel, because if you listen to our last full cast recording, I went through a bunch of books um, when Oral wasn't here. Uh, But make sure that you go and check us out on all the social media, flameonshow.com. You can check out all of our links there at the bottom of the page. You can also help fund this show and all the other shows on the Nerdy Show Network by going to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. We couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you so much. So head on over there. Any donation that you can do is always appreciated. And if you thoroughly enjoy our show, you can even leave a little note and earmark some of that money to come directly to us. So we uh, we always appreciate that. And we thank you. Uh, head over to iTunes, Podchaser, Stitcher, any of the places that you can get podcasts. Give us a star review. Give us a, a star rating. Give us a review. Anything like that. All of that helps for other people to be able to find our show and for us to continue doing what we do for you here Mm -hmm. so with that being said i will i i get to chime in i feel like i i've been (laughs) just kind of observing uh because i don't read a lot of books outside of the marvel world if you want to get a take on on x-men gold and the phoenix stuff go check out um just a couple of issues a couple of episodes back our full cast in the uh, comic section there but these these couple are ones that I did not mention and I wanted to throw out because I know Oral um, has also kept up with some of them. Mm-hmm. The Mighty Thor. Oh, I love it. It's been so good it's, and I'm oh. so nervous. Right now we're in the the arc uh, that is the death of the Mighty Thor. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, Russell Dodderman's art is always amazing. Jason Aaron's storytelling is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I could appreciate a writer as much as I do for getting me into a book into a character that i never ever had any desire to read i was never a thor person i didn't even read his thor um thor work when it was odinson but having jane foster's thor been there from the beginning and i'm loving every single minute of this ride it's um it's super sad to see jane foster on the human side go through what she's going through 
but it's been a great a great story. We've got mm-hmm. the Mangog coming to destroy. The I love that Kirby design too. It's fabulous. And and it's so it's ridiculous. They, yeah. There's no updating to. It. I no. mean, there's there's a little bit, but you know, obviously in, it's in like drawing, the Marvel but... Comics equivalent to Cactar from Final Fantasy. He looks like it's Beast just... Man from Masters of the Universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that too. I love this book. I love Datterman's stuff. But what I really think is very poignant is Jane Foster's battle with cancer and her basically dying. I mean, she is dying in slow motion. Well, and, and it's going it, through that whole process of what it's like when you know you will not be there for what happens next. And he is dealing with that issue that you do not like. Nobody likes thinking about death and what comes after and and what your what what reality what the world will be like without you in it. But that's what he's dealing with here and that's powerful. And the fact that she has a choice that she could just become Thor and let Jane die, yeah. and that Jane Foster will will cease to exist, right? And that she would just be Thor. Yep. And the everything led up in this last issue. Basically, they're all like having an intervention against Mjolnir. Like as Mjolnir is flying at the window, and she's just that moment where she turns away and mm. and decides to fight because the the cancer treatment was working, and that she picks up the hammer and. It almost, it reverses and expedites the 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 deterioration of her body to the point where they're saying, "You turn into Thor one more time, that's that's it. That's that, that'll be the end." Um, and I love that they are actually incorporating like Doctor Strange not being Sorcerer Supreme yeah. but being Doctor Stephen Strange veterinarian. <laughs> I think that is my favorite book. It's Doctor Strange book. right now, where Loki is Sorcerer Supreme, is great. If you if you're not reading that. Um, by Donny Cates, you're fucking up. Don't you are fucking up. By Walta is mm-hmm. it's it's an evolution of his style from when he did She Hulk. Yes, and some of the other stuff. It's a great book. It's fantastic. So both of those, yeah, super- Mighty Thor and Doctor Strange, probably two two of some of the top books being put out by Marvel right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Jones, which uh, we've learned will continue on after Bendis leaves Marvel. Shocking. Um, I mean, because there's a new series coming out, of course. But well, you know. yes. But I am shocked, literally, that Ooh, they're giving Javier Polito. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just shocked. As, it is Bendis's character. Yeah, he is the only one who has ever written her in anything. I think she may have shown up for a hot second and one or two other things. But like, that's pretty cool that they're gonna keep doing. Yeah, that. I'm excited. And I'm sure with Bendis's blessing. I'm yeah, exactly. I'm excited to see what the what direction that will take. This current return of the Purple Man story. It's a mind fuck. Mm-hmm. It's a complete and utter mind fuck. He is doing an amazing job with it. Having um reaching out to her through her daughter. Like those scenes are just a, a complete and utter mind fuck. And I again before the show came out, never read her. This run, I'm I'm gonna have to eventually go back and read the alias books. Mm-hmm. We have the we've got the the hardcovers at the in the table ready for me to read. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride and the the last couple of arcs have been fantastic. Um, one, before we hit this last, my last bullet point, I'm going to give a shout out for X-Men gold annual for one reason and one reason only. I hated that book. <laughs> that story promised an Excalibur reunion. Yep. It delivered it, but it was horrible. I, I just still haven't read it yet. I flipped <sighs> through it today just to look at the art. The art's awful, first of all. The cover yeah. looks great. The art and cover is fantastic. Terrible. I don't know who did it, but art, um, art is awful. Bad. There's one, re- only one redeeming quality, and it's not even really redeeming. It's just hot. The artist made Brian Braddock a big, bushy, bearded bear of a man, and it was 
amazing. I want his hairdo and I want his beard. Yeah, he looks pretty good. But other than that, everything else is horrible. (laughs) But Brian Braddock in a comic book that I can read, I'm all about because Captain Britain is like my heart and soul outside of Jean Grey Rogue. Like it's right there. Um, But Iceman is the last book I wanted to to kind of point out that we didn't really talk about the last time. Um, We're going into this new. We had the Champions Reunited, which was an awkward kind of storyline but it was like the whole death of natasha um and him finding a boyfriend on the west coast and him deciding to leave new york to go be there then we had the iceman versus iceman where young and old bobby went and had dinner with the parents mm. which was awkward yeah well this is the thing so i was listening to i fanboy talk about this and they did a whole deep dive on that first trade oh i have to listen to that it's yeah. it's good because they weren't really following it closely uh, but then one of their guys, Ryan, came on, and, and so anyway, if you, if you like what we're doing, you should check Ryan out my fanboy. Yep, uh, they uh, they, their their take was very similar. Like they they really enjoyed the Bobby interaction, the, the very fictional, ridiculous conceit that you'd never have in quote real life of seeing your younger self who made a different choice in coming out early, yeah. and seeing how happy they are, being then a catalyst for your older self to go, hey, maybe I should finally, you know, be honest and, and come out. So, well, like, that well, whole yeah. deal is kind of interesting. And, I mean, it was weird because it was – his parents were so excited, and it was, like, so that way they could try and do things differently. Not necessarily because he's gay, but, like, they have a second chance to, like, maybe he could be a doctor. Right, right. And Not an accountant? Well, <laughs> what you know, but it was, like – and then older Bobby just basically kind of being like, no, screw you. Like, I am who I am and I'm going to be this person. And it allowed him to kind of move past and and be able to to move on to this new adventure. But now we have the apocalypse seed where Dokken is back, apparently with an arm. Because oh. in uh, Wolverine. Well, yeah, I mean, grows back, right? Well, the, the whole, uh, yeah, you know, these series never line up right. But he's missing an arm in, in Wolverine because when oh. he's hanging out with Gabby and, and Laura, he has no arm. But now he's trying to get the Apocalypse Seed, which he had and then didn't have. But he wants to amp up his power. It's this whole like kind of weird convoluted thing. But the interaction, you've got this new mutant. I, I want to call him Amp. Maybe not. He's uh, He can like turn up or turn down people's powers. So in, in addition to that, using the Apocalypse Seed, the Death Seed, it... Um, it will really kind of like blow his powers through the roof and just seeing the interaction and the tension between Dokken and Iceman and the tragedy around like his, this whole like new like happiness. It's been really, it's been a really interesting and kind of awesome ride. I don't always love um, seeing his dialogue for him because it sometimes (laughs) feels like it's super Cena. Yeah, it's very Cena. And 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 some people have pointed out they're like, I don't think he would talk like this, but I get why he's. I, I, get, I get it. I get Cena writing it. I think Cena's writing him too young for where older Bobby should be. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Like older Bobby should be in his, around thirty, thirty-five, somewhere in there, and he's talking like a twenty to twenty-three-year-old. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But um, but the the book's coming to an end. I believe in March. Sad. Um, so this will probably be the final arc that it does. And I'm honestly with how quickly it like started with a bang, um, in some cases, literally, um, it, it really, 
I, I think it has a lot of promise to end really strongly, and I think that absolutely. I don't I don't think Cena is it's going to be Cena's last book. No, it's not. Marvel. I mean, Cena's basically said, "Look, I I know you guys are sad. It's over. I always wanted to tell this story, and I'm getting to tell it. And I have other things lined up, so don't worry." And for mm-hmm. how well it's been received critically, I think Mar- Marvel would be stupid not to be yeah, like, yeah. "Let's put you on something else." Same he thing nailed with, it. He knocked it out of the park. We knew he would. Same thing with Hopeless and Jean Grey. No, you know that uh, uh, this coming this coming slow week, burn, but. It, it it led to something you didn't yeah. really understand what it was going to be until all of a sudden resurrection and then it's like oh this is what we were leading to mm-hmm. and he did a great job you know telling that story so yep. I, i've been happy with marvel uh i think one more thing you had on there astonishing x-men uh yeah we talked about that but it's great you should read it yeah, seriously that's, that's that, really the big thing the new dark started i re- finally read it it's great it yeah is- a man called x get on it now charles for the ride. you can do no wrong all right well, I think that's all we're going to have time for. So, again, flameonshow.com. Find us. Talk to us. We love hearing from you. Rate and review us on all the podcasting apps you use. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a all-new, all-cast recording to talk about all the fun things that we've been watching, reading, and doing. So, on that note, bye. Later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.